There are moments in sports that transcend time. There are moments that are push the boundaries and dazzle the eye. These moments come so quickly and so unexpectedly that if you look close enough, you see the essence of greatness. You see an incredibly rare mix of raw emotion, skill, dedication, compassion, and excellence that can change a generation. There is no perfect way to describe this time other than with a trite, you know it when you see it. There is a place where humanity meets fate, And as a spectator, all that we can do is marvel and how amazing it truly is to watch someone accomplish something that took one thing and one thing only, and that's hard work. Yesterday, Sunday, January 24, 2020, we lost the embodiment of hard work in Kobe Bryant. That includes his daughter, Gigi, and everyone else on the helicopter that crashed in Calabasas, California. Gigi and everyone aboard the helicopter were part of Kobe's hard work. All of those aboard were headed to basketball practice at the Mamba Sports Academy, an academy founded by and named for Kobe and a testament to the game of basketball. Kobe worked his entire life. Kobe worked to be an NBA star, a humanitarian, a father, and a friend. Kobe was proud of his daughters, all of his daughters. Kobe treasured his family and his wife, Vanessa, and that became clear in his post-NBA career. Kobe had a few hiccups along the way. He had a few things happen that I'm sure that he would take back if he could. But Kobe came into the league at 17 years old, straight out of high school. Who among us hasn't done something that we wish that we could take back? Mamba was imperfect, which somehow made him that much more relatable and that much more human. Kobe's illustrious career is eye-popping as much as it is invaluable. The game of basketball would not exist as we know it today without Kobe's accomplishments. Kobe inspired an entire generation of NBA players. The relationships that Kobe formed are unlike any that I've ever seen in sports. The public outcry has been immense and astonishing. Basketball fans and non-basketball fans alike feel this tragedy at their core. They feel it because in so many ways the entire tragedy is not about basketball at all. It's about a retired man who worked 20 years to be nothing shy of the best leaving nothing to chance and continually learning from others on how to make himself and those around him better. In today's episode of the show, we mourn the loss of Kobe Bean Bryant. We celebrate as well, him as well as his daughter and all those aboard the helicopter that met its untimely demise on Sunday morning. There is no doubt in my mind that Kobe would find it unacceptable to not go back to work. This is the very least that we can do for an NBA legend who is so much bigger than not only sports but basketball itself. So I wanted to start today and dedicate this show to Kobe, his family, his friends, his legacy, and most importantly, his memory. Welcome back, guys. Kind of a tough one, right? It's a really tough one. Um, you know, when I got the news, I had 10 missed calls and like 15 texts when I got... I was, I was getting a massage and I get out and I get this news. My mom had called me like eight times to check on me because she knows how much she meant to me. And you guys know this too. And I probably don't do a good enough job articulating this for the listeners. Uh, Kobe Brown's my favorite basketball player, not LeBron James. Kobe Brown's my favorite athlete, celebrity, uh, really just person to model, model yourself around. And I mean, it, it still kind of feels surreal. Like that seems like the last dude that would happen to you know what I'm saying? Because of the trajectory he was on for what we knew he was going to do, you know, post-basketball. 
And I know it meant, meant you know, equally as, ma- as much to you, Josh, but uh, I don't know. I'm still, I don't know what phase of the, uh, the grieving process I'm in right now, man. Like I'm still, I think I'm still in denial a little bit. I watched, you know, all these highlight films, top 40 plays. Um, and we'll get into some of it because it's incredible how all these like clutch baskets with two minutes left, the game's like 65, 65. Um, but dude, I mean, just watching his game, it reminded me of why I fell in love with him because he was so crafty and so cerebral and not, you know, an absolute freak athlete like most of the elite players or in big men. Um, and going back and watching it just made me, made me fall back in love with it even more. Yeah, I, this um, I don't want to do this episode. Um, I I know it's necessary. And I know it's part of um, what we have to do as people that report on this. Like, what would it be like if we didn't come out with an episode in regards to this? You know, if we just acted like everything else happened. But this feels like what it must feel when Superman dies. Like this guy that I've looked up to my whole life. Like I've, we've been watching him since he was seventeen and put on the biggest stage in the world. Watched him make mistakes and go from ultimately like one of the most hated athletes in the world to being one of the most beloved athletes in the world because of his redemption arc and because of the fact that he worked so hard at that um and i i uh justin just dropped the bomb on us that he's gonna go live with this and put video out and i'm like dude people's gonna see me cry bro (laughs) like last night i was uh um i was in my room just scrolling through twitter and we just just crying like it, the truth i was just crying and i held my dog and anna came in there and i wanted to be like get the hell out of here you know <laughs> but i just i just kind of like didn't say anything yeah. um I, I talked to my buddy at work um who's a big laker fan and we both were knew that each other had been crying um and he said that uh when he was younger his grandma said that she di- or she cried a lot whenever elvis died and he was like who, who, who cares if elvis dies and he was like no i get it man and yep. dude, I, I i get it like it's crazy. I've never met the guy, never seen, never, never talked to him. Like, but yeah, hey, he's, he's shaped my mind. She's shaped my life. You know, I, I think he's who I am, I think to that point, like we've watched him since day one, since he was 17 all the way. And maybe we've been there every step of the way. It's weird to live in a post Kobe world. Yeah. I'm still not, that's where I'm still not at yet. Right. Like it just, doing everything felt felt strange today even though like you said he would expect nothing less than you to you know carry on carry on that mentality like I got up at six o'clock today and I could have slept till 6 45 but I, I actually told myself to get up like forced myself to get up because I was like dude like Kobe would take every advantage that he gets in every day and make the full use of his 24 hours so I, it's like you almost that's a way to pay homage and like just reflect on it is you know embrace that mentality you know and try to make that a long, you know, a long-term play, but dude, it's crazy because the, the impact of this, like from a pop culture standpoint is Elvis, John Lennon, Princess Diana level. The last one that I really remembered what I like in this too. And I think Kyle, you'll probably agree with me is when Robin Williams died. It yeah. Was just, Robin Williams and Prince are the most recent ones that are kind of like, they were just a gut level, punch. Kobe, like, dude, Princess Diana, I mean, that was, what, like, 96 or 7? I mean, it's been a long time since somebody of that magnitude has passed. And I think it's at the age, like, Robin Williams had, you know, maybe put himself through the ringer a little bit and was a little older, as Prince was as well. You know, Kobe was 41. Right. And, you know, I don't even want to get into it too much. The daughter part of it, if you're a father or not, which I am not, I mean, I just can't imagine. It's just... Uh, that's the t- the toughest part to me about all of this. But as everyone's talked about today, man, the, the post-basketball stuff was, you know, we were really probably looking at something special there because he was getting his feet wet in a lot of different pools. I mean, he said it himself that if the next 20 years weren't better than the last 20, that he failed. Right. And that's and that's incredible. That's so how Five he would look at it. fucking champion. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how he would look at it, too. It's not surprising at all. It's really not. And, you know, I I feel like I kind of have to clear the record a little bit because I have gotten after his ass a lot on this show since we've been doing it. And Yeah, but but you always paid respect where it was due. Absolutely, and I still do. And it's one of those things like... It's one of those things... The only reasons that I really hate on Kobe is, one, he's a Laker, 
and you know I'm naturally bred to not be you part know, of it. A, I get a it. Lakers guy, and like I don't think that I've ever seen an athlete that could make me mad, sad, pissed, happy, like put a smile on my like he he ran the gambit of emotions for someone that really didn't care for what Kobe. I love what Kobe stood for, but I just. I always kind of wanted to correct the record and make sure that we're talking about it realistically. That's all I've ever asked. Sure. But regardless sure. of that, I still respect the hell out of Kobe. And I've always made that very clear, and I have to make that clear again so I don't get killed out here um, just because, you know, all of a sudden now you have to be nice about the guy. No, this is this is different. This is bigger than that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that this should change anyone's opinion on how good of a player he was like, because it's not new information, right? In, in regards right. to him being a player. So it shouldn't change your overall opinion on him as a player. Um, what we really are, and I think you alluded to this earlier, Kyle, what we are really missing out on is, and you too, Justin, what, what he has next. Um, I'm, we're missing, we're missing out on the next 30 years of Kobe Bryant continuing to become a better person and working hard to be a better person and sharing that with everybody. We're missing out on what Gigi could have done and what, and the way that she could have changed the world. And I feel, I feel robbed of that. Um, the, the tweet that got me last night um, was actually Justin, you'll like this tweet that got me last night was a tweet from, I can't remember who it was from, but it said something to the effect of uh, Boston fans are incredulous that Kobe Bryant bre- broke their heart again. Dude, like, yeah. that's, the, that's the one that got me. It's so um, true. It's so true. And he just had that way of being somehow infuriating in different ways. And it just, I guess yeah. it's not that surprising. And it, it's just always weird when someone goes from being somewhat immortal in our minds to mortal all of a sudden. And I think that's what we're really having a hard time wrapping our heads around today and probably will for the coming little while. And I mean, the hell of it is like... I mean, I just my the first thing I thought about was, damn it, he was supposed to go into the Hall of Fame this year, and Huck wow. had. I didn't even think I didn't think about that. I obviously, the first thing that came to my mind is LeBron, you know, passing him the night before. I didn't even think about the Hall of Fame aspect. I do want to say, in terms of immortal, though, he and Josh alluded to Superman earlier. He was the most superhero like basketball player of of our generation, or the early two thousands generation, to even to now. I mean, you look at guys like. LeBron, KD, Melo, D-Wade, Dirk, Duncan, the best guys the last 20 years. Kobe was still, in everyone in our generation's mind, and in all those players' opinions, the most just ice cold of all of them. Just cold-blooded, will, you know, be silent and just kill you on the court, you know, or let you know about it. But either way, you know, he, he's going to – he was just the most, I guess, revered competitor of that whole group. And I think that's a group of some really hard-ass – workers and you know great players well and i i think too he when we got done with jordan he kind of ushered in that next era of basketball and he was kind of made the face of the league and he carried that well and you know we'll get into some of the specifics in a minute but i think about which kobe i liked better did i like number eight kobe or did i like number 24 kobe and i almost liked number 24 kobe better just because he he embraced the villain role and really played it well. And yeah, I like 24 better. But he uh. also, he, he spent a lot of time letting that animosity build up to the right thing, and that's very Kobe-like. Very Kobe-like. He I, plays with that chip, you know? I think uh, the, co- the 24 Kobe was maybe better. It's tough to say. I, I love the 8 Kobe more, though, for sure. Cause that's what I fell in love with originally. Well, that they were, they were two completely different players. Like the eight Kobe was built off of athletic, athletic man. He would just so go into those top 40 plays. You're like, shit, I forgot Kobe could do that. You know, Dude, some of those plays like the maybe the best dunk of all time in a end game was he got in a fast break against the Raptors and did that behind the back and 180 and slant yeah. and tomahawk. Yeah. But yeah, that may be the best game dunk I've ever seen. I saw that live. Cause that was actually a little later in his career. Like that was 24 Kobe. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, yeah. Dude, um, yeah. I guess eight Kobe would have just taken off from the free throw line. And yeah, exactly. But <laughs> exactly. The, was the Steve Nash dunk, was that eight Kobe or was that 24 Kobe? The one where he got the loose ball and then went and yammed on Steve Nash. I don't remember. Steve Nash what, tried to if, take if you a, tell me what team, he, was it uh, Dallas Nash or Phoenix Nash? It was Phoenix Nash, so that would be 24. Probably 24, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know what got got me though was the player tweets. The I mean, I'm sure y'all saw that on Twitter. You could probably see, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, aggregated list of it. But dude, seeing what some of the players were saying, more so, you know, the players that played with him, um, like seeing Brian Shaw and Jay Williams, dude, that mm-hmm. was it was really tough. Um, what uh, is crazy to me is like we all know like what it takes to be you know, an elite athlete or like we understand the level of hard work it takes to be a professional athlete. All these NBA players are some of the hardest workers you'll meet. What, what, regardless of what you think of them or not, as far as them as people, they're some of the hardest workers you ever meet. And all those dudes that are the hardest workers of a 300 million person sample size said, this guy's the hardest worker. And that's fucking crazy. When you think about it, like, it's just like a consensus hands down vote that that guy was the hardest worker. And that's the hardest workers some of the hardest workers on the planet telling you that. Right. And I think there's this, I mean, I kind of alluded to that in my open that, you know, the thing that I always love about Kobe the most is the hard work that he did. And like, he was a psychopath in a lot of ways and a sociopath. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like he wanted to learn everything. I mean, you got to think about the fact that you're talking about a guy that could literally tell you the score of any game he played in 20 years. Like that's impressive. And he, I think he just lives for it. He get he would get up at three o'clock in the morning to get you know to lift some weights and get a workout in before the day and and get to it. Like he literally, I mean, he used to always say it best. Like, if I lose, it's not going to be because of things that I could control. And yep. he he was the embodiment of that. And there's no doubt about that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, I, looking at the accolades too, right? Like, we know about the rings and the the Finals MVPs, but to me, the craziest number is just 18 time All Star. Now, a couple of those you can say were generous at the end. Either way, that means the only, I think the only two times he didn't make the All Star team were his first and last year and his second year. Uh, so, I mean, 18 All Stars may never be done again with the amount of talent that's in the league. Can I go down well, his resume here real quick? Yeah, I, I, mean. I, I put a whole bunch of stuff together. Uh, let me find. I know he's basically at twenty. He's at twenty-five, five and five for his career. Yeah, so he's five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MB, MVP, eighteen-time uh, All-Star, four-time All-Star Game MVP, eleven-time All-NBA First Team, two-time All-NBA Second Team, two-time Third Team, nine times All-Defense First Team. That's something that isn't talked about nearly enough is Kobe's nope. defense. That uh, was more eight Kobe on that for sure. That was eight, no doubt that was eight Kobe. Yeah, because guard defense is yeah. NBA uh, all-defensive second team three times, two times scoring champion, a slam dunk contest champion, all-rookie second team, Naismith Prep Player of the Year, first-time parade All-American. I mean, <laughs> it's, he's a little decorated. Yeah. I mean, to me, the most impressive number of all those, though, is probably still the... The either 18 All-Stars or the 11 first-team All-NBAs. With the talent that's coming in and out of the league right now, I mean, I don't think we're going to see that again. Yeah, the, I, I agree. All, all those accolades are super impressive. The, the thing that impressed me always most about Kobe was, um, especially late in his career, is like the entire NBA is racked with – the entire world is racked with grief. This is the highest-profile death since Princess Diana. Like – and it's over a basketball player. Like he, he didn't just change basketball. He changed people. Like look at all of the people that are calling him mentors. And that really only started maybe at the end of his last four years or so. Yeah, I was because say before that he was ago. trying to kill people right yeah. on the yeah. court. Yeah. Um, just the way that he, how quickly he changed people um, and how, how much of a difference he made in so many people's lives. Like look at Shaq. Shaq hated his guts. Like and then Shaq is sitting there, like tweeting out that yeah. he's just heartbroken and talking about how much he loved them and things like that because they had that special and they made up on national TV, you know. And they, Kobe was willing to sit down and have those hard conversations and say, "I screwed up in certain ways and you screwed up in certain ways, and we're gonna get past that and try to understand each other better," you know. And that's well, that's more than any of his accolades. That's what's impressive to me and what I loved about him. And I like I get where you guys are coming from. I just figured. I'd, don't mind two cents in there. About no, I'm glad it. you did. And it's important. Like, I, I think the way that Kobe always looked at it, or the way that I always saw it, was that he looked at talent around him and said, you know, what can I get out of this guy if he's willing to work at it enough? 
And you know, it's all the, always those guys that are that were willing to work at least half as hard as he would, you know, which is still a hell of a you know, a thing to do. You know, he was he'd look at those guys and say, Are they willing to go into battle with me here? And if yeah. the answer is yes, Shaq was always willing to say yes. Regardless of whether their approach was the same or not, that's a different story. And that's where Kobe would get crossways with guys. Yeah. But it's, like, you know, I mean, he's sitting there looking at Swaggy P and being like, are you, this are you is what you're going to put around me? Yeah. <laughs> right. I love that Kobe wanted his team, base his teammate selection because he essentially was, you know, helping with those roster decisions as LeBron does. He based those decisions off of who is going to work the hardest. You know, who is that committed to to this craft and to a championship lebron's basically just like who's going to be my boy and hit a three if i pass yeah. it to him right right it's not about work ethic so it's a little different i i, I just like respect what kobe brought to the table and dude kobe loved pow and he hated yeah. dwight and dwight was so much exactly. more talented than pow was right it was just because dwight didn't work hard and kobe kobe hated that it's it's so ironic that he's taking the victory lap that he is now and back in the, yeah, with, yeah. The, with the Lakers so good and that was the first that was the other first thing that popped into my head was son of a bitch because this is just gives the Lakers something to play for more than anything else and that's terrifying to me. I think it it probably does increase their likelihood to win a title. Oh, dude, minus one thousand easily. What do you? I mean, where do you think LeBron's mind is at though? Right, like you know. You know, passing him from three to four on the scoring title list or the all-time scoring list, and then getting that news—you know—coming off of a plane the next day. I mean, so, dude, I I feel like a daughter that Kobe left behind. I can't imagine what LeBron feels like. That's right? what I'm saying, dude. I, like, yeah, dude, I I feel you. I can't. He must be just devastated. I mean, it, it is devastating. I, I I'm glad you brought that up, though, Kyle, because one thing, one gripe that I have about this whole thing, and I. It's really one of those things that I hope that we learn from it in the future, but there was so much just fake stuff running around out there yesterday. I mean, about, you know, the, I mean, we didn't even know that there were more than five people on the helicopter until like late last night. Right. And there was just so many journalists that were kind of acting irresponsibly as far as reporting that news. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw like the Amari video. He's playing over in China and they went and shoved a, you know, a microphone up in his face and, you know, and, and basically broke the news to him, and he was absolutely shocked. And you know, and then you got, you know, I mean, the Tyson Chandler thing was tough, and and all that. But there was just, it, it's just messed up to go break something like that to some guy and be like thoughts. You know what yeah, I mean? That like, brings the worst behavior out in reporters because that is their livelihood and their job is to get those guys to talk about that. But I just, I mean, you feel on. like you got to just cut that off at a point. I mean, You've regardless got of what you're being asked to do, right? Right, and so I think it'll just be something that we look at in the future as a le- a lesson of we don't have to be first to this. You know what yeah, I mean? Everyone was trying to pump that story out, but I mean, it's going to take some time to get the true details before we even speculate. But um, I mean, yeah, it's I just mean, like the a media lot of was that. a little irresponsible with it yesterday. Did you guys happen to see Tiger's reaction to this? No. So no, he he was finishing up at the players, so obviously he didn't know. And a cup on the 18th when he he birdied, someone had screamed, you know, do it for Mamba or something, something like that. And Tiger, you know, didn't really know why he just, you know, kept on going or whatever. And as he came off his caddy, he told him and you could see him and Tiger just literally turns around and said, excuse me, what? And they told him. And wow. so and then, you know, there he was like on TV doing the post game interview and they're asking him questions about it. And it's like, I mean, come on. Like the guy literally just learned about this two seconds ago. What are we shoving a microphone in his face for? Like Tiger was a huge Kobe guy. Yeah, huge yeah, Kobe. Absolutely. Guy. That that one killed me. That one definitely got me. Doc Rivers one was bad too. Yeah, was it great? Yeah, well, I mean um, they competed against each other, and that was the yeah you know, dude. amount of love he was showing for him. Like Doc should hate him. He took a championship from exactly. two championships from him, right. right? Um, do, yeah. Do you guys think they should have played games yesterday? I would have been one hundred percent okay with every yeah. everybody that played yesterday having eighty one games, just not reschedule them. Like you guys can have eighty one games, and then the eighty one point Kobe showing too. That would have been double, you know. But I would have been okay with that. Um, I part of me says Kobe would have wanted to play, right? That's how I feel too. And That's then the part of part. me is yeah, and then part of me also is very much in the like I don't care what. 
I don't care what we think he would have done. Like we, it's these guys need some time, you know, because he touched every one of those guys. So I have no doubt that he would want them to play the games, but yeah. I think just from a image wise of watching, you know, Tyson Chandler crying on the sidelines and stuff like that. It, I mean, man, that's uh, these guys can't go out there and expect a hoop like that. Yeah. Like that's not really safe either. Like that, I mean, your head's not in the game. You're yeah, it's tough. You know, I didn't watch any basketball yesterday. I didn't, I didn't either. Couldn't I couldn't even it. bring myself to do it. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 I kind of just, I was under the. I get that it's tough to cancel those games and stuff like that. People are already in the arena. It was it broke thirty minutes before the first game. Sure. You know, I get that. But man, like if I'm in the arena and that happens, I'm just gonna sit down for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely gonna change your perspective of, of how you. Man, it's it's just changing my perspective of everything. You just got to really like I just can't get over the immortal factor that we talked about, man. Like Kobe, that just felt like that was the last guy I was going to happen to. So it just makes you take a step back and and really think about that. Um, looking at the, I'll be honest. Looking at the stats, I know you talked about the accolades. I feel like they almost don't do it justice. You know what I'm saying? No, because like especially in today's. Today's NBA, where the stats are certainly inflated for pace, because this was, you know, a great deal of his career was played in a in an era that you know was eighty nine point per game average, right? Grit and grind basketball. Yeah, yeah everyone was scoring in the eighties. I mean, because you, you look at forty four seven and thirty two nine as his is his field goal and three point split. Um, eighty three seven for free throws, good, but those percentages just don't hold up that great. But in that time, for taking like hard contested twos where you could hand check for half of that time that's act, those are actually good percentages right like if he was playing in today's nba i believe those percentages would be quite a bit higher yeah i agree with that he was in the like that was the dead ball era where there was no real like people didn't take threes right he took threes but not at a high rate like other people didn't do it there wasn't really much of the spread in the floor you could still trap and do zones it wasn't illegal like it was for jordan you could hand check a little bit of t- or for the earlier part of his career, but that kind of went away. Like at the end of the day, he's, we can't appreciate what he did so much because LeBron came in and this was so freaking efficient and changed the game on efficiency that you're constantly going to be comparing him to what LeBron was. Right. So it's, it's just hard to look at what he did versus what we expect now, as far as efficiency goes. Right. Well, and, and we talk about it all the time too. Like the game is just different in that way. Like the three yeah. point, we've seen that that chart that's been creeping around over the last couple of weeks now, where you know the it shows the difference in in shot chart selection from now versus you know the early two thousands and how different it is. And it's just a different game now in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's but, the top one hundred shots, uh, most one hundred shots spots taken, and it's just a perimeter around the three. Mm-hmm basically and with a lot more at the top of the key and elbow um and then everything in the paint right around the basket and the mid-2000s there's so many elbow jumpers and mid-range shots and that's what i'm saying about kobe man is he was taking pull up like 17 footers with a guy in his face it was certainly a little more physical at least you know first seven or eight years of his career if he's getting if he's playing you know against like the the phoenix suns defense like kobe might be going for 35 to 38 a game like harden also, he was robbed of two or three MVPs, dude, depending upon whether you want to give it to him over Dirk. But Steve Nash averaging 17 and 11 over Kobe Bryant's 35, 7 and 7, or like the year before, like those were robs. And it was because the world hated him because of the scandal. Yeah, you the know? league wanted to give it to, you know, to Steve Nash, to the stand up guy. To Steve, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Khakis. Um, yeah, exactly. And he aver- Kobe averaged like twice as many points as him that year. Yeah, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. It was like one of the biggest snubs of all time. But it's like at, we we said it a hundred times. MVP is a popularity contest, and Steve Nash was way more popular than possibly the most hated athlete in the world was at that time. He yeah. was so good at embracing that villain, but he really let that go in the last couple of years too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Did you? Uh, so the Mavs retired number twenty four. Love that. I love it. Um, I think if we're going to do it, it needs to be league-wide. I also would love that, yeah. I think yeah. it's a little bit weird for a team that he didn't play for to do it, but if you get five or six teams to do it, I think the whole league should do it. 
I just it like this sucks right now. Like this is really tough. Like all of this sucks. I we we said at the top of the episode we hate having to do this episode right now. It's one of the worst things to have to try to figure out overall content wise is how to do this yeah, properly. What to say? Yeah. To what it's to tough. say and all that. But like, and we're looking for ways to make sure that we're you know we're we're holding him in the highest regard. I just it feels like the Mavericks jumped to that a little bit to me. I'm not sure if that's quite necessary. I get why they did it. I'm fine with it. You know, it is what it is. It just felt a little bit strange that a team that he didn't play for did it. I mean, it's definitely a a PR move to a degree, but Mark Cuban uh, has, you know, shown how much he actually likes Kobe. Um, And I think he, he definitely liked that the mindset that he carried around. I think Mark Cuban probably operates in, you know, similar waters, but uh, I, I don't. I, I think it would be great if it was league wide. I don't. I think that's appropriate given the the tragedy and the unexpectedness, um, and just the impact he had on the game. But I don't. I don't know. It doesn't. You kind of see where I'm coming. I, from, I get though, what right? you're saying. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. But I think it's a good move by by Cuban, and I like it. I just hope the other teams t- decide to follow suit. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I I definitely get what you're saying. It is weird for another team to do it. I'm not going to take away the way that Cuban wants to grieve. Sure. Um, no, and that's fair. And, Absolutely. and like people will, I, I've, I've, I saw this argument all over the place. People will say, well, if you're going to retire 24, you got to retire 23. Like, no, you don't. Jordan didn't die with his freaking 13 year old daughter in a helicopter crash. Yeah. yeah a four years after retirement. You don't have to do that just because you think that Jordan was a better player. Yeah. That's, this is different. Yeah. That's insane. That's a terrible yeah. argument. So I'm trying to think. So he has, so that gives him three jersey retirements total, right? Yep. Because yeah, he's got eight and 24. Right. LA. And so then LeBron will probably have, I guess it'll depend on how this Lakers thing goes. Yeah. I don't know if they retired LeBron's 23. I don't know. If he I mean, wins a championship, they will. Yeah. If, if he, he wins a championship, they will. Especially this year. For Kobe? Oh, man. Do you feel, you feel pretty good about that, don't you, Justin? Minus 1,000. Put all that they're winning a championship now. Put the put the the mortgage on it. Yeah, it's. I mean, come on. I've seen this happen so many times where a team gets destined, and they. I mean that that team. This so feels good. like destiny. This yeah. is so it, good, dude. It does. I mean, here's just the this, other thing. Um, Giannis deleted all of his all of his stuff, and he was he worked out with Kobe in the summer. Like, what? Holy cow, dude! Like, who's he gonna work out with this summer? This is where I start to lose it. Hold up. Why is that making me lose it? Um, but what do you what do you even do? Like. He deleted all of his all of his stuff. Like, how how does that guy feel? He was as close to Kobe as as everybody else was. Yeah, because I mean, Co- the the European connection there. Because Kobe, I don't know if he's fluent in in Greek, but he's, <laughs> dude, he's fluent, he's like, fluent in like languages. five different languages. Yeah, so he he probably was to some degree. I know he's obviously fluent in Italian. Is that's where he's, he grew up? But yeah, that that's gonna hit Giannis hard. But that's that's why I don't know if you can just instantly instantly slot LA there. I mean, I guess you can maybe for the West, but I think Giannis is going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder as well. Now, certainly I think the combination of LeBron and AD is too much for just Giannis unless those guys step up and hit 40% in the, in the finals. But I think Giannis is going to be playing for something too. All right. We'll, we'll finalize some bets. We'll, we'll work out what the details are. We'll bring it to the next show and we'll just, God, I can't be talking myself into Milwaukee who I wrote off last show. And, you know, obviously, I'm a big LeBron fan. I can't, I can't take Milwaukee in that. I just, I don't think you can just pencil in the Lakers. Yeah, if the Clippers win it. Does it feel too weird, even though it's an LA team? Is it just not? It's not the same thing. Right. Hey, Joel Embiid will have a chip on his shoulder too, but it will be a chocolate chip. Right. <laughs> Zing. Hey, I, I don't think uh, I got to get away from the crying stuff. Um, but I don't know if this instills any additional. I don't know if it creates any change in the way Kawhi approaches the game because I think it's already so methodical. He doesn't have emotions. Yeah, he doesn't have any emotions. Makes it pretty easy. He's currently processing. I'm just trying to think (laughs) who else. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously the Lakers, but Giannis is tied. I think we may be destined, which was already probably destined with the top two records, even more so for Milwaukee-Lakers final. Dude, yeah. I I really like that take, Justin. It does feel like... Feels like the Lakers should win it. I've seen this happen. It's happened to my team before. I know how it feels. This is yeah. destiny. That's what this yeah. is going to be. I can already tell you that. 
I don't even know. They haven't even played a game since this happened. But uh, I, I could just tell you. And, and, dude, you know LeBron is looking for something like that just to light him up. And think about how, like, varied LeBron's image has been in L.A. up to this point. Just, like, I think what I've learned the most. So I, I, th- I was thinking about this earlier this morning. Like, one of the reasons that I even decided to start this show in the first place with you guys is I was having discussions on Twitter about Kobe. And, like, I'd always kind of carried my own Kobe thoughts of like, well, you know, I, I get why people talk about him like he is the best player of all time, but like, let's pump the brakes on that just a little bit. And, you know, I had the takes that I do. And only when I really got into Twitter did I really meet other people that actually kind of had the same takes or opposite takes, and I was able to argue it with them. And so it was something that I really was interested in doing more often. And so that kind of led to a big part of why I, I wanted to start this show with you guys. And I just look at like, I just look at how the there's such a difference between Kobe fans and Laker fans. They're definitely crossover, but they're like Kobe fans. That's and, how yeah, Kyle. You, you you'll kind of attest to that, right? But like, and then there are Laker fans, and those are very very different people that I I have you know learned over time here, and I just think about how much those Kobe people have really struggled with LeBron's LeBron coming to be the quote unquote king of LA. And it's a little bit easier for you, Kyle now because you're a LeBron fan too. So it kind of works out well in that sense, but it's, it's still not necessarily just replacing it in your mind. And I think you're, you look at it differently, but I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. It's different for me because those are my two favorite basketball players. And, but to me, it's still not even like Kobe. It's, LA is still Kobe city. Like LeBron is just there to, to handle business at the end of his career and leave a great legacy, which I respect as well too. Like LeBron is always going to be like Northeast Ohio. You know what I'm saying? Like that's LA is still Kobe city. LeBron is just trying to continue greatness there. Uh, But if he wins a ring, I think it helps smooth that transition over a little bit. Yeah. I think I like if they really, if they really do get motivated like this, or like you think they're going to then and they win two in a row, then like a conversation becomes the greatest of all time for LeBron. I think for it's sure. just a couple away from that. I, yeah. I didn't say they're gonna prattle off two in a row, but I wouldn't be surprised possible. if this if they, if they can retain if they can retain A D it's certainly possible. Well, yeah, I hope so. Dude, but I, I do sure. want to kind of just real quick go back through a few things when I was watching some of those highlights and just remembering uh and reminiscing on some of those games. First of all, the thing I love about it is they're all, like, meaningful games. Like, all all his top plays are, like, fourth quarter, and it's against, you know, the Spurs in their heyday with Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. It's against the Suns with Stoudemire and, and Nash. It's against the Kings with Vladi and Weber and Bibby and, and uh, all those guys. And then, you know, who else was good? Portland back then with, uh, you know, Pippen and Rasheed Wallace. And it's just – he was doing it in such me- meaningful games. And those were such like classic grit and grind games. I mean, it's a definitely a different style of basketball that was less popular because there was a lot less offense and a lot less scoring. Uh, but it just makes his like, like his 25 and five is kind of incredible when you think about it, when teams were only scoring 85 points a game and the big man was so prevalent. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would, I would only push back on how many attempts he take because he was a volume shooter. But that's not, not. I mean, he had the balls to take the shot, and that's what matters. Like I, I love the people that are always like, "Oh well, he just has bad." Sh-. Not not about Kobe, but just in general, they'll talk about basketball players and say, "Oh well, he has a bad like he he has a bad shot selection." It's like, no, the open shot's the right shot. It's just well, a Kobe, matter. Of- Kobe sh- Kobe's shot selection towards the end of his career was bad because he wasn't athletic enough to create a shot, but he would create a shot with craftiness and and just being with subtle little movements to get guys a little off balance where he could get where he wanted to be but it was not pretty by any means so that affected the field goal percentage but a lot of it like I said comes down to him getting ISOed by these really athletic perimeter defenders the best perimeter defender whoever they have to offer with different rules and taking 18 foot pull-up jump shots with a hand in the face where now if he can get a pick from you know, Joel and Joel and Bede or, or Jokic and then come around that on some soft ass defense, he's going to get better shots and he's going to shoot more efficiently. But I mean, it's 
it's hard to compare errors and do hypotheticals like that. I don't hold 45% against them though. Yeah. Let me tell you the secret of what the, what was happening in those bad shots in that late end of his career. Break it down. As you get older and you can't do the things that you used to be able to do, your mind still sees the game the same way and you still see it at the same slow pace. Like I can attest to that, bro. I see a thousand things that I wish I could do. And every now and then you want to try it and you just fail miserably. You just can't. Yeah, exactly. So your mind still sees what's happening and you still, and the game is still going slow for you. You just can't elevate the way that you used to, or you can't explore the way you used to. Um, And that was, and it's frustrating. It's super frustrating. Like if you don't think that Kobe was crazy frustrated with himself towards the end of his career, you're crazy. Like I think LeBron gets frustrated with himself and that's why he's changed his game so much. Right. And I think it's important to note too that and we've we've praised Vince Carter a lot because of the way that he's adapted his game to the way that his one, his body has changed and he's become a different type of athlete than he used to be. And he's done that over and over again. Dirk was one of those guys too. But very few guys have that ability. Kobe was definitely that guy. The game got away from him a little bit at the end, but a lot of that was just frustration and trying to stay healthy and the Achilles tear, all that kind of thing. Like th- that stuff matters, you know. And it, even though it felt like it got away from him a little bit there at the end, I still think that he, to Josh's point, in his mind, he knew what to do. It was just a matter of whether he could do that anymore or not. I just got LeBron's first statement since Kobe's uh, death. Um, You guys cool with me reading it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I'm not ready, but here I go. Uh, Man, I'm sitting here trying to write something for this post, but every time I try, I begin crying just thinking about you. Nice Gigi and the friendship bond brotherhood we had. I literally just heard your voice Sunday morning before I left Philly to head back to L.A. Didn't think for one bit in a million years that would be the last conversation we'd have. Uh, WTF, I'm heartbroken and devastated, my brother. Man, I love you, big bro. My heart goes out to Vanessa and the kids. I promise you'll continue your legacy, man. You, or I'll continue your legacy, man. You mean so much to us here. At hashtag Laker Nation. And it's my responsibility to put this stuff on my back and keep it going. Please give me strength from the heavens above and watch over me. I got you. Or I got us down here. Um, there's so much more I want to say, but I can't right now because I can't get through it until we meet again, my brother. Um, and that goes to show like they, they had just talked like LeBron passed Kobe in his hometown of Philly on the on the scoring list of all time. They just talked in the next day. Dude, they're definitely winning a championship. I'm telling you, dude, that man's going to win a ring. That's insane. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, that all that LeBron ever needs is to get motivated. And you know that better than anybody else. Barring injury, man, that team with the way AD's playing right now and the production they're getting out of Dwight Howard and like, dude, all of a sudden like KCP is hitting like wide open three. It's crazy. Yeah, they're that barring injury, I think they're going to be in a good place to win. And I mean, that's that's a hell of a testament to Kobe and and the way he changes the game. So, question for you both: Is he the greatest Laker of all time? Yes. Yeah. Longevity. Mm. If Kareem, like Kareem's the greatest basketball player to play for the Los Angeles Lakers, Magic that's is a different, pretty, that's a different question. Magic is yeah, pretty Magic, cool. Magic would be number two for me, is the greatest Laker. But Kareem's the greatest basketball player to play for the Lakers. It's just half his career wasn't there. So Right. I think that so I, I think this is where age kind of comes into play a little bit because I kind of view it as magic, but I get I think it's Incredible that Kobe put himself in a place to even have that conversation to begin with, and for people to even wonder whether he's the greatest Laker of all time or Magic. But it, Magic played what thirteen seasons, and, and that 12? is a shame. It got cut short there. But I mean, I get. I don't. I don't hate the take. I think e- the case could be made for either of these guys. Yeah, yeah. when you look at e- even amount of rings, though, the longevity factor for Kobe is kind of the what would be the where he gets the win, I guess. I mean, Dude, the, Magic the was a greater player. Magic was a greater player. It's tough. But the other side of that is he, it's the same amount of rings in shorter time. Okay. But Kareem, but Kareem and James Worthy are better teammates than Kobe had. Yeah. Here, here's my take on it. Magic was a better player, but Kobe did more for the Lakers. Okay. 
Um, and that's that's hard because dude, Magic did so much yeah, for the Lakers. Yeah, he helped it reestablish it. It still yeah, does. Kobe was there from 2000 to 2000, the 16 years of the Lakers, or actually earlier than that, 98 to, to 96. But, yeah, 96, 96 to 20 years with the Lakers of just. I mean, you can say that, winning. but look at what uh, Magic has done post play for the Lakers. It's a good point. Walk I mean, he, out of yeah, I was going to say he quit on them in the middle of a meeting. It was great. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I'm dude, just kidding, but he's done a ton for the Lakers. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that does come down to just being a '90s baby and Kobe kind of being my Jordan. Because like, I mean, the first real basketball memories I have is the three Pete Lakers. I mean, I remember. Jordan playing against Stockton and Malone briefly. Like I remember that last one, but like those basketball memories were so fond of me. And that's when I got kind of fell in love with the game. When you're like, you know, eight, nine, 10 and 11 when the Lakers were winning those championships. And I had, dude, I had Kobe posters literally all over my wall. Like that was my dude, him and Griffey had a great shoe line too. one, probably one of the best shoe lines. Out yeah. There. Bet, once he made the switch over to, uh, from Adidas to Nike, cause he yeah. was, I think originally with Adidas, but the the Nike Kobe's were some of the best basketball shoes to play in, no Indeed. doubt, no doubt. They're and they're the coolest looking too. Yeah, uh, to, I would agree with that. To that note, I sent you guys both the the video of him jumping over the car. A lot of people say that's not true or not real. That's definitely real, right? Uh, Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, can't imagine him going. I'm about to risk injury by jumping over this car. Yeah, I, he's I, I calculated for that. Dude, yeah, he's, but. <laughs> If he knows he could do it, you know that he's the the right type of psychopath that would do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Young Kobe, young Kobe might. And I mean, if you go back and like Josh, I forgot how high Kobe can jump. Like you have to really go back and watch. Dude, You're like, can, oh shit, I forgot. Jump, bro. Yeah, and that was my thing. Was like, I, I was at first thinking this guy was every man's player because anybody, any man could. He wasn't like some giant freak, you know. He was six foot six, which is two inches taller than me. Um, but then I. Think about what he was like as as an eight dude. He was he was he was a freak athlete, but a lot of it just came from work. Like his later career just came from work. No, for sure. But I mean, don't yeah. you think that a, a dude that's as calculated as that could figure out the timing of that? And I mean, I, I think he definitely did it. The video the video doesn't leave a whole lot of the question for me. The video looks super real, and I remember it like in my intro to engineering class i used that in one of my like projects that we did yeah. that video but uh I, i'm like i'm i'm relatively certain that part of what makes it so great is that it's not like it was a staged commercial or anything like that it's like the three of us going out and be like all right josh is gonna try to jump over the kyle driving the car all right we're gonna see what happens and then not josh, gonna be pretty bro that's gonna be josh that'll look like the kenny smith uh one did you guys see that where Kenny Smith tried to redo it, and it was just the car just ran him over like they cut it that way. Just nailed so, um, but there was another one where Kobe jumped over a, a pool of snakes, and that one was so obviously fake. Well, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do remember that. It's like, isn't it like an outdoor above ground pool? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it, it's for sure like him getting picked up by a bunch of strings. and Because that thing's longer than the free throw line. But, but yeah, the- I, I, I want to believe, and I think – 18 to 22 year old Josh would have said, Oh, that's 100% real. There's no way you can disprove it. But I, I don't know, man. I that's don't know. That late nineties CGI. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm about as sure as that, as I was that, that Paul Pierce pooped himself. So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm pretty sure Paul Pierce did poop. Himself. He did. I know, but I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm glad. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm relatively yeah, sure it's it's so real looking, and I, I would I just wouldn't put it past him to do something like that that crazy, especially young Kobe. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he was true. just so fuck the world. I'm going to do what I want. It was impressive. Uh, you can't really get past that part of it. It really is surreal, guys. It's I don't think that I ever. I mean, I think that we always just thought that Kobe would take some time away from basketball, and his way to give back would probably be through his daughter and everything. And you know, I guess I, I don't think I realized that they had so, like a six month year old. I didn't realize that, like. He was, yeah, they had a brand new one. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know that I knew that to be honest. And you know, Kobe's been pretty quiet since he left. He's been very. I mean, he's been working and doing his thing, and but he hasn't really been to NBA games a whole lot, other than with his daughter. And no, but I mean, he's like he wanted just mentoring Oscar. kids. Yeah, he wanted Oscar. No big deal. Yeah. Holy shit! 
you know, and pretty good start to the next 20 years, man. But you can't think that he didn't go into it thinking I'm going to win an Oscar here. Yeah. Like that was the goal and he accomplished it really fast. And he's (laughs) just like, holy shit. I was waking up at 3am to write that poem. (laughs) He's like, if I can do I mean, yeah, think about it. Like I said, the NBA, that's some of the best competitors in the world. So any other arena or realm he steps into, he's going to be an elite competitor no matter what he does. Right. And that's, that's what you hate to see get cut short. I do want to say before we go to man, like the crit, we saw the clutch numbers. Like everyone always talks about Kobe being the most clutch player of all time. He wasn't, he, he made a lot of clutch baskets in a volume way, right? Like he had a lot of clutch shots, but he took every clutch shot. I think there is something to be said about that and being able to do that over a long period of time and still try to get yours. Um, I know Jordan and LeBron were more clutch, but if I won't have anybody to take my last shot, it's still Kobe. And like every, every kid from like 2003 to 2015, like when you shot a balled up piece of paper in eighth grade, you said Kobe, like no matter what, you didn't say LeBron or Jordan or anything like that. So like, I just, I think that's Mm going to be the legacy is him. He's going to be that ice cold clutch shooter, regardless of what the stats say. I think that Josh probably said Gilbert Arenas when he did his, but that's, you know. <laughs> I did that before I brought guns in the locker room. <laughs> I, I did a Kobe. And, I did a Kobe today to myself, and I just melted, and I was like, Kobe. Oh. <laughs> Kobe's sad. I, Kobe's sad. I, I think that's a really good point, Kyle. Like, I think that's how transcendent, whether you really watch basketball or not, this whole thing has been. And, you know, I mean – we haven't even really given enough due to the other families that were on board of this whole thing. And correct. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible thing and just something that's so devastating. And I mean, it's just one of those things you kept thinking, no way is this real. You know, I sent it to you guys and I was like, please say this is fake news. Like, please say this isn't real. And I kind of kept thinking that all day yesterday. I just never really could get past that. And it was only until I woke up this morning that I kind of realized like, damn, the world just feels a little different. You know, it does. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I, I saw it. I, the text that you sent me, I, I looked at it and I said, nope, fuck that. Not reading that. You thought for like, sure. I'm I was, not looking at this. You thought for sure I was trying to pull one over on you in some way, shape or form, which I Dude. don't. I mean, I don't blame you for doing, but. I went back and looked through the five stages of grief uh, earlier and I tried to pinpoint like when I when I had each of them. And I, I think I'm still in depression. I don't think I've hit acceptance yet, but uh, I don't think we're really going to notice it till we get to like the all star game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my stage three of bargaining was when I texted you guys, God, take Rick Fox and not Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how Rick Fox got swept up into this. Like it really, you know, and of course, Rick Fox kind of tweeted was just like, I'm all right, guys. Uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of a weird Jeez. spot. So let me ask you guys this. We've got just a little bit longer. I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite Kobe moment? So my favorite one was just because I got to watch such a momentous occasion live, but it was the 81 on Jalen Rose, who, by the way, seemed oddly happy that Kobe died. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> Man, this always brings out the hot takes from Josh. Really I don't, does. dude. Rick Fox, Jalen Rose, good Lord. I, dude, go back and watch him talking about it. It was weird, dude. I'm He's trying not to sacrifice okay. Jalen Rose now. That's what dude, he's trying to yeah, do. Yeah, I'm, I'm not okay with this. But uh, that was my that was my favorite Kobe moment because it was like, like I put it on Facebook. I, when I was watching that game, it was just like he didn't miss. Like he just he would come across. There were there was times where he was doing heat checks where he'd come across half court and just pull up, and it was just didn't even hit rim. And I was like, there's, I remember thinking to myself, there's never been a more talented man on this walk, this planet in anything than this man. Hmm. Like it was just unbelievable. I can't imagine watching Wilt's 100 point game and thinking that he was more talented than Kobe. Like that was the most surreal thing that I've ever watched in sports. It was one of those where you go, this can't be happening. This isn't real. Watching a hundred point game would be pretty wild though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if he's eight feet, Eight inches taller and ninety pounds bigger than everybody. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, that's like me just going into like I'm going to an eighth grade B team game. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just calling for it in the post every time and lowering my shoulders. Why don't you go watch shot. me drop a hundred on a Fisher Price hoop against a bunch of elementary school kids? Oh man, this is how we got to deal with the gentleman with laughter. Um, right. I would say my favorite Kobe moment. I gotta honestly pick a. I mean. Like, I, I think it's so fitting that he took 50 shots in his last game and scored 61 points. Like, it's pretty on brand. 
That I was mean, a big moment too. You know, that's just that just encompasses his entire career into one game, pretty much. You know, and in, in, in some in some ways, um, in some respects. But man, he there was a game against Dallas, and he scored sixty or sixty two, and he did not play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that was that was before the eighty one point game, I believe, or right around the same time. So maybe in the same season. And that's where I was like, that might have been the season he averaged thirty five. I was like. Holy shit, like this guy's the best player ever. Yeah, that that season had like 10 50 point games in a row or something like that from him. It was like it was eight to ten. It was like crazy. he actually I, averaged twenty-five that season, but ten games skewed yeah. to thirty-five. I was always incredibly impressed by that until Clay Thompson put up thirty points in a quarter. I mean, that's just absurd. <laughs> Clay ruins we'll look, everything. I think we'll look back on Clay as his perpetually own. underrated. We'll yeah. work, we already know how we feel about that. He's the second greatest shooter yeah. of all time, and he's just discarded. But yeah, those would probably be my favorite Kobe moments. What's the the fist pump? What the game that he hit that uh, that shot? Because that was game six against the Suns. Yeah. Game six. I thought it was game five. Yeah, game six against the Suns. One of the two. Yeah, he just comes uh, comes across uh, kind of the top of the key to the right elbow, and I mean, it's just you know it's money as soon as it goes in, and. Um, a good my uh, my fiance who does art is actually going to do a, a piece for me of that that moment of him clutching the fist after that. Nice. I would say that my favorite. Uh, anybody that listens to this show knows that I love and respect. I should underline Matt Barnes, but him chucking respect. one in Kobe's face and him not flinching whatsoever might be one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. That's a great one too. Yeah. That that was one of my favorite Kobe moments. And the like whole Matt, series, Matt was, Barnes is a hard ass too, right? And I mean, he there have been several different, uh, you know, different angles of that clip that have since kind of shown it to be not maybe as it exactly looked, but like, to, dude, I would have flinched right there, dude. Yeah, sure. to have any ball that close to your face, I mean, even if it was just a little bit off the side of your head, would still make almost anybody flinch. And I mean, that was when Matt Barnes he said it. He said. Like I want to play with this dude because like right, right. <laughs> this dude is ice cold, and yeah. I just think that when he was in that mentality, that Mamba mentality that he always talked about, like I don't, I don't think he was necessarily with us. I think he was just operating on another level, and he just well knew how to turn that on, you know. And he catches crap for those years in between having a big man, mainly from me, but like I, I, you can't say that the teams around him were that good in those senses. And I think a big part of what makes him really special is that he did all of this with the Lakers. And I think about how rare that is, especially in a league where players move around all the time. And I, I just, I think that has something to do with it in a lot of ways. And, you know, he, during those years in between there, he demanded a trade of the Clippers and the Bulls and all that. But I mean, you know, I don't think things are going to happen over 20 years. Exactly. LeBron has done. Jordan's road wasn't as smooth as people like to recall. Whether, yeah, we will get into that another day. It's not, yeah, I think we're going to have more Jordan talk as the ESPN thing comes up. But I just, I think there's a really special thing about that. And that's, we talk about Dirk and how that makes him special in a lot of ways, but like that, the fact that it was always in L.A., just, it matters. Yeah. yeah Speaking about Dirk, Kobe was also one of the first, my dad pointed that out, one of the first guys to really embrace Dirk from, like, the the American game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like, like that Euro game and, and have a deep respect there. Um, yeah, I think we're going to always disagree on that, Justin, as, as much as we respect each other's basketball opinions about the quality of Kobe's um, teammates because – you know, Shaq played with Penny and Penny Hardaway's prime when Jordan was not in the league and they did not get to a finals. And I think Kobe was just a, a little bit greater than most most guards in the, in that era. And I think he was more important to that to that duo than people probably give him credit for, even though he was still probably 1B because um, Shaq did dominate. But those final teams, like you guys, I, I think Powell was a great player. You know, Lamar and Meta World Peace were good players. Um, you had veterans with Derek Fisher, but I don't think those teams were as elite as you guys do. I, I think Kobe carried those teams on his back. Mm. The Power yeah. saw one? I didn't think they were yeah. elite. They're, you know. Okay. Yeah, but they were, on that. they were scrappy enough to figure out how to work together and to discount Pau Gasol and what he did at that point in time. I mean, nobody thought that was going to work, but it was a I brilliant mean, thing. 
aside from the Dirk 2011, and I would even argue with that, you look at the last 20 years of championships and that team had the least amount of talent from the like two through five spot. Um, so, I mean, that's just the, the number one player making them great. I'd have to go back and look at that. I'm not ready to commit to that yes or no yet. Yeah, but. the only other team that would come is the 04 Pistons. I already looked at it. So you're going to find a lot of, uh, obviously, you know, LeBron, Wade, Bosh, sure. Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, Clay, Steph, Dre. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, even so, I just, I, I'm, yeah, I don't want to get into to why I, I bring down Kobe because that's not what we're here to do today. It's no, really certainly not. not. But I, like I said, I, I, that's those last two champions were the most impressive that, that I, I've seen, I think. Yeah. Um, From an individual. Kawhi last year was also on that level. Another top top moment of Kobe's career that I really liked, and he, we wouldn't even play in basketball, was has just recently happened whenever he learned Slovenian to talk trash to Luca in, in his native language. <laughs> That's good. a top moment of mine for Kobe. That's pretty good. I also got to admire the uh, whole taking the $35 million bag whenever you're like 40, or like, what was he, like 37 at that point? Yeah, like, yeah I well, think eight, he got two for 48. Yeah, good luck for putting a team around me, pal. I'm getting paid. Yeah, he got two for 48 for what he had done. And that was when, like, nobody was getting $20 million deals. And he got 24. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yep. You got to admire it, though. The team was stupid enough to give it to him. And that's that's all that matters. You got to take it where you can get it, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here. This is a weird time. This is really one of the weirdest things that we've dealt with. It's definitely the weirdest thing we've dealt with on this show. Um, but really some of the weirdest things that we've dealt with as we've been a company in general. And, you know, we we send our best to the families involved, all the families involved, not just Kobe's family. But, you know, we hurt for, for Vanessa, who not only has to, you know, mourn the loss of her husband and life partner, but also, you know, her daughter, too. That's just a terrible thing. And, then, you know, also be a, a rock for, for the rest of the family. It's, it's a tough situation, not anything that any of us know anything about, but... You know, it's it's a it's a sad thing, but you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to all the families. We'll be back maybe later on in the week with a, a normal episode. We'll just have to see, but um, we want to make sure we got our thoughts out there. Uh, any final thoughts, boys? You know, just uh, enjoy that. Enjoy the memories that Kobe left behind. You know, we we started this off very somber because that is the that is you know the way I feel. But at the end of the day, we're still laughing at the end of this because you got You got to enjoy life and just remember the good moments Kobe had um, on, on the court and what he did off the court. Um, and then just pray for those families because there were other families involved as well. Yeah, I would say that my takeaway is um, there's a quote from Kobe early on in his career where he said um, they were asking about him what his goals were. And he said, ultimately, my goal is to become a better person every single day. And I think that a lot of people can learn a lot from that from Kobe. Like, regardless of how you become a better person, every day just keep pushing to be better. Um, whether that's being very nice to a waiter one day or whether that's picking up a new skill, like just be a better person and make the world a better place. Well said, guys. Well said. All right, we'll see everybody later on this week. Later. Boom, 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 boom. Now tell me what you gonna do when it ain't nowhere to run. When judgment comes for you, when judgment comes for you. Now tell me what you gonna do when it ain't nowhere to hide. When judgment comes for you, cause it's gonna go for you. It's a Me safe and in my place. Safe place. Safe place. To the gates, we race without a chance to face the judge. And I got my soul, but grudge me, no mercy for dust. Ooh, what can I do? It's all about a family and how we do. Can I get a witness? Let it unfold. We live in our lives, we turn around so
that you're keeping up with the family. Exactly. How many days we got lasting? Well, you laughing. We're passing, passing the way. We're gonna rest our souls, cause I know I'm gonna meet you up at the crossroads. Y'all know if I ever got love with them both those babies. Let me leave this long gone. Really wish you could come home. But when they tell a dad, gotta go bye bye. All the little thug could do was cry, cry. Why they kill my dog? Yeah, man, I miss my uncle Charles, y'all. And he should be gone in front of his home. When they did, the rule was wrong. Pull the rope, pull the rope, gotta hold on, gotta stay strong. When it did come, better believe on, gotta show that you can lean on. Lean on.